Come on, um, take those sunglasses off. You've been making shady calls all game. What was that you just saw? A parent being rude and disrespectful towards an umpire? You're probably saying that that doesn't really happen, but it does happen. Happens all the time in front of children. But why? I'll tell you why. I'm going to take a dive into why there's so much hostility at youth sporting events. In the world of youth sports, where children learn valuable lessons about teamwork, discipline, and perseverance, the role of parents is crucial. However, in recent years, a disturbing trend has emerged, raising concerns about the behavior and actions of some sports parents. From heated arguments with coaches and referees to overbearing pressure on their children, there is growing evidence that sports parents may be crossing the line between support and control. Joining us on this is Coach Michael Smith. He has been a head football coach for over 20 years. I've, I've seen parents be asked to leave, and they do leave. It's never been the arrested part. Um, <laughs> sportsmanship. Some of them are drinking. And that's, you know, maybe it's not even apparent. And, and, and I've not seen these things at Woodland, where I'm at now. It, it's uh, previous places. Another coach joining us is Jacob Avon. He's been a wrestling coach for five years. This parent was yelling at like a 14 or 15-year-old kid. And I, I, I had to escort him out of the gym. I had to let him know that that was just completely unacceptable to be acting like that. And, you know, it was crazy how he felt he could talk to like a kid or official. And then I, I started talking to him and he, everything just completely changed when I started talking to him. But it's still just unbelievable that he would act like that. So Also joining us is Coach Larry Baker, who is a high school girls basketball coach. Uh, it was a basketball parent of mine. He had been uh, riding the referees pretty tough. Uh, he was only like about three rows up from the back of our bench. Uh, his son was a high school sophomore at the time and was uh, perceivably embarrassed by the moment. But, you know, he kind of knew it was going to come because I think it had happened in a couple of AAU events before where his dad had been escorted or kicked out of the game by a referee. <laughs> And so this this just got to be too much. Why are parents hostile at youth sporting events? The prevalence of hostility among parents at youth sports games can be attributed to a variety of factors. Firstly, there is often a, a high level of emotional investment from parents in their children's sporting activities. They may view their child's performance as a reflection of their own parenting skills or personal pride leading to intense pressure and a heightened desire for success. This pressure can escalate into hostility when expectations are not met or when parents feel their child is being treated unfairly. Additionally, the competitive nature of youth sports can exacerbate tensions as parents become engrossed in the desire to see their ch child's team triumph. The fervor of competition combined with Proximity of parents and their emotional involvement can create a volatile environment where frustrations are easily vented, leading to hostility. Moreover, some parents may project their own unfulfilled athletic dreams onto their children, further intensifying their emotional investment and increasing potential for confrontations. Ultimately, 
A combination of personal expectations, competitive dynamics, and emotional investment contribute to the prevalence of hostility at youth sporting games from parents. Media or just there's so much social media out there. There's so many opportunities for, you know, kids to play multiple or not multiple sports, but be specialized in a sport. And I think they think they can make it to a higher level than is realistic. And when little Johnny is not playing as much or isn't as good, whatever the case may be, you know, I think a lot of people's dreams are shattered. And it's just, it's so hard. You know, I've coached and played at the collegiate level. It's hard to play the lowest level of college football or college sports, period. It's hard. So to make it to a professional level is freak status. Probably step number one is they didn't accomplish what they wanted to accomplish in sports. Step two, I would say, is probably like just the amount of money people are paying. I, I know wrestling is not the most expensive sport, but these other sports, they're paying, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars for personal training, for tournaments, all that stuff. And, you know, if they don't see that, money paying off if they don't see the time energy and you know everyone's effort paying off then i'm sure that causes resentment and anger towards you know anybody that they can unleash it at so and the passion that goes behind seeing your child perform and seeing your child uh, possibly being wrong you know have harm come to them or wrongdoing or uh, disadvantage applied to them by an, another adult whether it be the coach or the referee or what have you uh it's it's a big time protect my investment protect my uh my asset mentality i think that's the biggest part why is it a problem according to masteringanger.com Angry parents at sporting events create a very unhealthy atmosphere for kids and other people present there who are watching the game. Many kids also learn to show aggression like their parents later on in life. That is why it is important that such parents' behavior at sporting events is managed effectively. So as, a, as an adult trying to lead another group of young people, you need their full attention. And if they're distracted by your antics and your your emotions then that can impact how they perceive the game and how they perform in the game i feel like i've got pretty thick skin and a lot of stuff doesn't bother me too much but i, I just think it's the same thing as probably anybody who gets upset about stuff it's uh, a lack of control you know i don't have control over whether my son plays or i didn't play and I really want my son to play or my daughter or whatever the case may be. I think it's really that's what it comes down to is just a lack of control and an uh, inability to control behavior. Just like their anger, their frustration takes the fun out of everything at every single step. It's like these sports are supposed to, are meant to be fun. They're supposed to be like an enjoyable activity. You're supposed to grow, mature, learn life lessons and their anger and just their frustration, the way they present themselves, um, stops that at every single step along the way. It's like you can't, you know, they they want to, you know, come into practice. They want to tell you what you they think needs to be done. They, you know, they're taking the, you know, I and I think wrestling in all sports, you know, kids need to figure it out for themselves and like, you know, take those steps along the way. And it's like the parents are truly like stopping the learning at every step so social media the other day this dad was yelling and then he 
you know, bust out his knees, falling down the stairs. And he just became <laughs> the complete laughing stock of the internet. It's like, you know, everybody's got a camera. Everybody's got a phone these days. <laughs> like you can become the laughing stock. It is embarrassing for you, your family, everyone involved. Like just, you know, why, why would you want to do that for yourself? And then you are just setting up a horrible example for your kids as well. So. Is society overall getting more angry and violent? In recent years, there has been growing concern about the potential increase in anger and violence within society. While it is important to avoid painting in a broad brushstroke over the entire population, there are instances where tensions and aggression appear to be more prevalent. Factors such as social and economic inequalities, political polarization, and the spread of misinformation and the spread of misinformation through digital platforms may contribute to heightened frustration and animosity among individuals. It is crucial to address these issues through open dialogue, empathy, and initiatives that promote understanding and tolerance. Things are maybe a little bit more aggressive. And I think, again, it's social media. It's just the ability to have, you have access to everybody 24-7. And you can say things behind a phone or a screen that you wouldn't say to somebody's face. So, and then a lot of people sit and they internalize that. And I think that that is probably one of the biggest problems, just the, the mental health aspect of it and, and the lack, still the lack of attention paid to mental health in our, in our country is probably the biggest um, pandemic we have, to be quite honest. Uh, I, I don't know if it's necessarily society has become like more hostile, but it's definitely society is a lot easier to express your emotions without facing like physical, like person to person backlash. Like it, it, I mean, it's so easy. I could send you an email in a minute and just, you know, tear you apart, tell you all the things I don't like about you. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm sure if I saw you, in, I mean, there are plenty of people that, you know, have sent me texts, emails, you know, expressing negative emotions. And then I see them in person and they're, you know, oh, hey, how's it going? Like, you know, nothing but nice. So our aspect of how we experience life is a shared spotlight. And we're like all fighting for this spotlight. Uh, we all we all can have our own personal platforms for our opinions and ideas to where we think that people really care what we have to say or or. or you know, or what we're about or what our image and our persona is. And I think when all that builds up into having an athlete that might just have a chance and wanting them to have their best opportunity and, you know, this kind of me, me, me part of our, uh, our, of our psyche in, in our current society, I think it, it does play a role in that tightening our emotional responses, which can mean anger. Where do we draw the line? The line between a parent being supportive of their child and being disruptive can be delicate, yet crucial for a healthy parent-child relationship. Supportive parents offer guidance, encouragement, and a safe space for their child to explore their interests and grow independently. They respect their child's autonomy, allowing them to make their own decisions while providing guidance when needed. Disruptive parenting, on the other hand, crosses boundaries by imposing their own desires expectations, or dreams on, onto their child, disregarding their individ, individuality. They may be excessively intervene, control, or manipulate their child's choices, stifling their growth and self-expression. It's important, it's important for parents to strike a balance, nurturing their child's development, 
while respecting their unique identity and fostering their autonomy. I think it's awesome that parents want to be involved with their kids. Um, but I, I, really, I would challenge every parent to sit down and ask themselves what their goals are and what their kids' goals are. And if, you know, as a parent, if your goals are more than your kids' goals, if you have, you know, if you want this more than them, then I think you need to take a step back and really evaluate what you're doing because we have to have a certain way and so i've always drawn the line at any defaming of coaches any defaming of, of referees i was going to have a personal conversation with that if it, if it was brought to light a lot of times i'm wrapped up into the game or i try to be um you know focused in the game and some of the stuff that happens in the stands i don't always see or don't always know but I, that's about we've we've dismissed players because of it going to an extra degree and just being too much of a disruption and having to come to that, uh, to that conversation about, look, you are making this difficult with the way that you approach this. You're not trusting our ability to coach. You're not trusting it. Uh, the other adults involved to do their job. Like this is not going to work. Um, I tell the parents in our parent meeting, like, don't call me to complain about playing time. Don't call me to tell me what plays I'm calling or what. It, don't talk to me about those things. Um, I tried to be kind of nice on the front end and it, it backfired on me. I've just told them and I say it nicely, um, but I'm not going to talk about the players. I'm not going to do those things. Um, I think that if you set a firm guideline, that's the key. What can a parent do? Counseling can be immensely beneficial in understanding and managing anger triggers. Learning effective anger management techniques and coping strategies can equip parents with the tools needed to regulate their emotions and respond more calmly. Creating a support network of trusted friends or family members who can offer guidance and accountability can also be helpful. Additionally, practicing self-care and stress reduction techniques like exercise, meditation, and engaging in hobbies can contribute to emotional well-being. Open communication with their children about their struggles and commitment to change, change can foster a sense of understanding and allow for collaborative problem solving. By proactively addressing their anger issues and seeking personal growth, parents can strive to be present, supportive figures in their children's lives while managing their emotions in a healthier way. I think they could probably... Maybe they need to be removed from, like, don't sit in the middle of the stands where they can hear lots of other things or people chirping or whatever. Mm -hmm. Maybe they, they stand on by the fence a little further away from everybody and just try to really absorb, hey, I'm just watching my kid play. You know, I, that would probably help me if there was something I was mad about. You know, I think yeah. just don't immerse yourself in a situation that pumps you up like that. My dad was very passionate about sports. And, you know, maybe it's, sit somewhere else in the gym you know maybe it's you know i i you know i i think you know i struggle with it as well and i don't have kids myself but just kind of that like anger and i think it's just you know if you don't like you know you can watch the match or watch whatever and then maybe you need to step outside or you know maybe you need to <laughs> really evaluate the things that are making you angry. Like I'm sure it's not the win or loss that's making you angry. I'm sure it's something else that's going on in your life that's making you angry. So I think they just really have to focus on the team aspect 
and really try to do that or if they know it's a certain game or certain rivalry or certain situation that just may get them to that point maybe they take a break <laughs> uh, you know you're there to support you brought your child but if you know I'm going to get <laughs> too riled up in this scenario and I don't want my kid to uh, to be the the negative beneficiary of that then so then so be it but I mean it's difficult what is something that everyone needs to remember? It is important for everyone involved in youth sports to be reminded of a few key aspects. Firstly, the focus should always be on the well-being and enjoyment of the young athletes. The primary goal of youth sports should be to promote physical activity, skill development, teamwork, and personal growth. It is crucial to remember that winning is not the sole measure of success. Emphasizing values such as sportsmanship, fair play, and respect for teammates, opponents, coaches, and officials is paramount. Additionally, adults should prioritize creating a positive and supportive environment where young athletes can learn, make mistakes, and grow both on and off the field. Balancing competition with developing life skills, self-confidence, and a love for the game is crucial. Ultimately, youth sports should be a platform for fostering a healthy and enjoyable experience that contributes to the overall development and well-being of young individuals. I, mean, I hear it every day. I see it all the time. I tell people all the time, like, one, you know, there are no college recruiters at the youth at the 12U youth tournament. I'm in love with the sport will take you much farther than, you know, a win or a loss at, at 12U. It's just have fun, fall in love with it, enjoy what you're doing. And, like, as long as you build that relationship and, like, actually – you know, grow, then it, and then it really doesn't matter if you win or lose. Playing a game and they're growing as in a human being, you know, just depending on what level you're talking about, some of them it's just, you know, dexterity of catching a ball or moving differently, moving with equipment on, gaining some self-confidence. You know, we have kids that come out sometimes they've never played football. They come out as seniors. I and some of them, you know, they're not great athletes, but I'm excited that they're out because they're trying something new. And that's the key to life. You got to be willing to try new stuff and be involved. Um, and it's a great socialization. You know, you get to be around different people. It's for fun. <laughs> it's for fun. And they are children. <laughs> uh, you know, even with the outset of some very specific opportunities that might exist for middle schoolers with name image and Nike likeness stuff or high school amateur stuff that could be affected no matter the sport there's a lot of different ways for an individual to stand out and possibly be treated like a professional uh, early on in their sport but at the end of the day they are minors playing a game that is supposed to be fun and the application was available for you to apply for this job. <laughs> Thank you for watching TFD Deep Dives. For more content like this one, please remember to like or subscribe. Reporting to you from Fairview Heights, Illinois, I am Ben from TFD Supplies.